Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the School Life Podcast. I'm Michaela Howard-Jones and today I get the privilege of bringing to you a story like nothing I have ever had the chance to work on. It's all about a girl named Layla, a current student at St Aloysius College and a former asylum seeker and refugee on Nauru Island. It is truly a remarkable story, one I recommend that every person hears. To start us off, my co-producer, James Meston, sat down with Layla in her classroom at her school. This is Layla's story. If we go back, if we go back to kind of, I guess from the beginning of where this story is, uh, Myanmar, where you're from, is a place that we hear a lot about in the news. We've heard a lot about it over a number of years. Um, For someone like you, who's had such, you know, you know, such lived experience of it, if I was to ask you, what's one thing about Myanmar that you'd like people to know that they wouldn't know by watching the news? Um, I would say if you have money in Myanmar, you can do everything. You can even kill people and take all the cases out. You can get driver license without doing any tests. Like you can get exam questions if you have money, if you can pay. So it's not very fair enough for people who are poor. So I think those are the things that I don't really see on news. Yeah. As a Muslim, what's life like in Myanmar? Um, mostly, like, if I have to compare in Australia, mm. now I'm wearing hijab. Nobody yeah. does care. But when I go, if I was in Burma wearing hijab, they really, like, they discriminate you a lot. So most people in Myanmar doesn't really wear hijab. They some do, some don't. Mostly don't because they when they wear hijab, they know as a Muslim, and then you get more discriminated. Yeah. Always like call us with really discriminated words. They say you came from border, even though I was born in Burma. My mom was born in Burma. Mm. My grandmother was born in Burma, but we still being called that you being come from the border. You're not you belongs here. We never get citizenships because we are Islam. Oh right. So that's So you would never it. have been classed as a citizen of Myanmar? No. We never been has a a lot of people and including me, we I don't have a citizen because I'm not Islam. We've been like Even though you were born there? Yeah. Wow. I, my grandmother was born there, my great grandmother was born there, but yeah. still they say we are not belongs to Burma. Because we are Islam. Right now, um, um, in right now military taking over and people fighting for their future, right? Mm. And online if you see Islamic people also fighting for their future about the Burmese country like Burma, mm-hmm. they still say, Oh, get out of here, you're Islam, you don't belong here, you don't need to look for your future, you don't have to fight for it. Mm. But, you know, it's our country, my country. I love it. I love being there. So people who've been living there, of course, they love their country. They still want to fight for it. They still want to help everyone, fight for the country, fight for the future. But they're still like, no, you're out of here. You're Islam. You can't do it. I can't fathom how challenging that must have been for you and your family. But you say there's still a lot about the country that you love. What, What is it that you really love about Myanmar? It's because I, my grandparents, my relatives are still there and I was born there and I 
love Burma because it's somewhere I was born. I had a lot of memories back there with my grandparents. Um, like, as my grandmother, who was passed away in 2019, I know I didn't have a chance to look back there. I can't see her again. Yeah. It's someone really important to me, someone who loves me a lot. I can't get it back, you know. I can't see her. Um, I don't... I have a lot of, lot of memories with her, so I still want to go there and uh, visit her house and feels like she's still there. It's something that's... There are a lot of things that I still love. In addition to, um, I guess, the, the, the challenges that you were talking about, about being a Muslim in Burma, how is it um, also being female, being a woman, a girl in Burma? In Australia, um, you are right to do anything. Yeah. You can play sports, you can study, you are allowed to do anything. But in Burma, um, if you finish year 10, in Burma, year 10 is the last year, and that's the really hardest year in every year levels. Yeah. From reception till year 12, you have exams. If you fail, you have to just get a job that is whatever you get. If you have to clean the toilet, you do it. If you have to wash the dishes, you do it. Because you don't have any um, past year 10 certificate, so you do whatever it comes to your life. That's the end of your life. Yeah. So... If as a goal, if you finish your tenure, if you fail, then you get to marry. You have nothing to do. Yeah. Because like you don't have a good job because you fail your tenure. So you just sit there and wait for the money that your husband gives you. Was, was there a particular moment when your family decided that you needed to leave? Yes, there are. Um, this problems in Myanmar has been happening really really long time ago so it's since my grandparents so my mom and dad they didn't have a good education they think that staying in Myanmar won't help our life they want us to have a good better future and they want us to stand on our feet they want us to get a job they want us to have a really beautiful life mm. and they are I, I'm really proud of my parents that they are really brave enough to come out of my country and come here. It was really hard for me to leave because all my relatives are there, all my loved ones are there. So however, my mom was like, okay, let's leave. And then we leave and then we travel to Thailand, we travel to Malaysia, we travel to Indonesia, and then we travel to Australia by boat. Mm -hmm. And then the um, navies rescue us and they send us to Nauru. Layla arrives on Nauru Island with her mother, father and younger brother and sister without knowing a word of English. She describes finally arriving on the plane to Nauru like you'd expect someone to describe touching down on their first stop of a holiday. When I was on the plane and the sun was very shining through the windows and mm. I was just sleeping and then my mom was sleeping too. And then when 
they say we nearly like you know on airplanes they say you guys are nearly there mm. so and after that my mom was like she opened the window the sun was so shiny it's just straight on my face and i wake up and i saw this really small island and um when i get to the land it was so hot but i couldn't feel this heat because they pick us up with aircon bars yeah, yeah. and then they take us to the camp um later that evening like, they had their aircon. first official meal on the island and Layla explains that they're caught off guard by the way that everything works. They're all shuffled into a line. People are cutting in and out in front of them. You know, we are just really new. And there are other refugees. Like, if your friends are there, they just go over there. And then they line up for themselves with the friends, which is, like, front of us. So we're always at the back or some people must come back. So it's not really... Like, it took like a few hours to get in. This becomes just one of a long list of differences in her life that would begin the next six years on Nauru Island as an asylum seeker and later a refugee. However, one of the few things consistent for Layla is being able to go to school. I was there starting year eight, really end of year. year and um, I didn't study at all. And I get to sit an exam without any knowledge. Yeah without any high level of English. And I sit there, do nothing in exam. Mm. <laughs> but I still get to go to year nine. And I was like, ah, oh, that's good. Because in Burma, it's different. If you fail your reception in exam, you sit in reception for Reception this exams? Yeah. <laughs> there From is such a thing. Yeah, reception to year 10, there is exam for every year level. Wow. If you fail, you sit in that year again. Yeah. If you if I was in year one and if I fail year one exams, you sit in year one again. So <laughs> in year in Nauru, I was like I I didn't do anything in exam. I just sit there, draw and I still go to get to go to year nine. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's a really good thing. <laughs> when she first arrives, Layla's family live communally amongst dozens of other families seeking refuge from different countries all across the world. And she says a lot of them, at that point at least, they aren't welcoming. She even experiences kids throwing things at their tent in the middle of the night to intimidate them. And it definitely doesn't feel safe. But after just shy of a year on the island, Layla and her family are declared refugees. They are no longer asylum seekers. If you don't know the difference, it means that they had been processed, their claims of persecution in their own country had been accepted by the Australian government as valid, and they are awarded a refugee status. And this means they get to move out of the camp that they're in into a new camp with a real house in a community for refugees. After they move the first time, life on Nauru Island starts to settle. They're cooking their own meals, her dad has a job working nights, and they're starting to make connections within the community of people around them. Their new neighbors, an Iranian family, become some of the closest people in their lives, partly because they have a grandson, a three-month-old baby boy that Layla gets to spend a lot of time with. I really love him and the grandparents are really um, appreciated too because they go to work and they have no one to look after this baby boy. So um, we look after him, we love him as our real brother and mm. we love him. He become really part of our family. After that, we got a, I, got, um, really, I got a new baby sister. So... Um, I was really happy because my mom said she would 
not imagine having another child because when we were back in Burma, they say sh- she will not have a kids anymore. It's just just gorgeous, you know. Mm. They both bring us a lot of happiness, and you know it's really depressing staying in Nauru. It's just a bit of really. It's not. It's really hard staying there after we become refugee and we meet this little boy and he brings out a lot of happiness. And then um, things change. While Layla and her family are building a new life, expanding their family, fitting into their community on Nauru, they all know it's temporary because the whole time they're hoping that they'll finally get the news that they're being allowed into Australia. Instead, they begin to hear the storm of opinions and promises coming from higher up. Things like stop the boats, deny them access, shut the borders. But at the same time, a buzz has started to travel through their community. People are applying to get into America instead, and lots of people are jumping at the opportunity. To Layla, it starts to seem like all their friends and the people who have become their family are getting ready to pick up and leave. Only Layla's father doesn't want to go. My mom would just argue with him every night after American process started because everybody being started doing it, they having interviews, they having medicals. Yeah. So my mom was like, we don't have any future here. Australia will not accept us anymore because they already told refugee is not welcome. So my dad has like no option rather than America. So we start this process and then a lot of people already move out of Nauru and they were in America. We had a call with them, they said, oh, it's a bit nice, it w- it's so much better than Nauru you can have, you can go to school, you can find a life here. So, and we were really end like we're the last one to give this, taking this option. So a lot of people being moved out. I like before then, um, we have like a camps, different camps. So we would visit around our friends. It's a bit of like a happiness between this little thing because like we would sleep over, we would cook and eat. But our friends, family, my mom, friends being moved out, we have nowhere to go. We're just stuck in the house. So after a few months, and we are also halfway to American process. We're just waiting for a result to go America. And then, in the midst of all this stress, something happens. Something that they never could have anticipated that would shake up their plans and cause a chain reaction that would change their lives forever. News from Australia. They say they accept every of our family members. And just like that, they're flown from Nauru Island to Brisbane for one night before arriving in Adelaide where they would stay. Layla, her mother and father, and her three siblings again begin to rebuild their life completely from scratch. Over the next many months, they encounter many big hurdles and celebrate lots of small wins. Things like learning how to catch the bus, readjusting to the expense of living in Australia, and for Layla, choosing where she wants to go to school. I didn't know where to go. Which school to go? Because in every country, there are a lot of school there. Yeah. And I don't do any research on any school here. I don't know any school. And um, I really don't know what to do. And there is a friend who also come from Nauru. So we were in the same class. And she come up with a St. Aloysius school. So I was like, oh, that's a good. You got a good luck. 
But she wasn't sure because it's a private school.、Mm. Because for us, we can't afford it. Layla's new friendship catches the attention of the counselor at the public school that she attends, and so she asks Layla, "Why don't you go to that school too?" I would say, "Just go there. That's a really good school. Not a lot of people being accepted there." And after she was getting information out, and then she come and talk to us. She say, "You guys are accepted already there, but you don't have to pay for that. We got a scholarship." You know, I've been into few schools, like in Nauru school, um, even the refugee school, Burmese school. I was expecting there would be some discriminations, bullying. Um, teachers might not care about me, and every student has their friends. They talk everyone, so I kind of like left out. Me and my other two friends who came from the same school, so we three sit there. So we kind of like we three feel like left out. We thinks that this not a place where we supposed to be, and you know the studies are really high. We don't really understand. We can't keep up with work. And then, after that,、um, there were a lot of sport teacher came in, helping us with every studies. We don't understand. They explain us in every way, and we had exams. So、mm-hmm. we our、um, exam be modified it too. So it's kind of easy for us to. So we did、um, exams, and then I've not failed yet eleven. I, you know, it's kind of something that makes me keep going. It's something that's、um, something that really makes me to not give up on things, on the opportunity that I'm receiving. So, teacher helped me out with works. They would just give me some extra support. They would always look out for me if I'm doing okay. First, I say、oh, this is not where I belong. I don't think I'm supposed to be here. But after that, I think after that, my mind changed, saying that this is where I belong. This is where I'm supposed to be. I deserve this school in here. Teachers here is amazing, and I deserve to have these teachers too. I really feel that this community is something that's really important to me. You know. Something that I always look forward, like when my sisters, when my little sister who is just turn turn five this month, or、uh, next month, she when she have to start school, and I really want her to come to this school because I want her life to be really happy, having a good school. Um, things like my other sister who also been going to school in Blayato, Shamima. I also want her to come to this school because. She don't know how amazing the school is、mm. because from outside you can see oh this is a school. You don't know what's going inside the school、no. without coming into it. So I was like, sister just came in this school. It's really amazing. And she, when she hear positive about the school, she was like, okay, I'm coming to your school. I was like, oh that's great, that's <laughs> great. I was so happy, you know. And when my sister, my both sister, and my mom visited this school, and then when the principal see my sister being so excited to come to school, she offered my little sister, my both sister, to come to school, and they both were accepted, and I was really, really, really happy 
because I know this is amazing school, something that will make my both sister life. The, the teachers will, I'm sure the teachers will here guide my both sister into a really grateful life. And then when I when she came to this school, she was like, oh, this school is not bad. But one thing, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be there. I was like, when I came to that school, I feel the same. But you know what? Now I feel like this is where I belong. You will feel this later too. And then after I was like, now how do you feel? She thought, I really belong there. I love the school. It's amazing. And I was like, that's how I feel when I come started this school. In here, students here, they don't discriminate. They always like, oh, hi, Laila, how are you? They always have something nice to say. They don't say like, Oh, she's a refugee. She don't belong here. They never thought that. You know, the school community is like a family. You know, in family, you don't say, Oh, look at that. She's bad or good, whatever it is. But in here, it's also the same. You know, I feel like a family here. This School Life podcast was produced by me, Michaela Howard-Jones and James Meston for ArchD Radio and Podcasting. Thank you so, so much to Layla for, for sharing her story with us. Myself and James both feel really incredibly privileged and honoured to be able to be the ones to share this story in a way that we hope only does her and her experiences justice. If you'd like to hear more from School Life podcast, please subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on all of our social media platforms at ArchD Radio. Definitely go check them out and we will see you again soon with a different School Life story. <laughs>